Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATP, Ask the Pastor. I'm Pastor Joshua Sullivan at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Kerrville, Texas. Today someone writes, Hello Pastor, I was wondering if you could do a video on the topic of the Filioque, as it is a key difference between Eastern and Western Christianity. Well sure, I'd love to. In fact, let's do it right now. So the third article of the Nicene Creed, 325, consisted only of these words, we believe in the Holy Spirit. The Council of Constantinople in 381 then expanded the third article into a fuller confession of the divinity of the Holy Spirit. And part of that expansion included Jesus' words from John 15:26 that the Spirit proceeds from the Father. Now, filioque is a Latin word which means and the Son. And that word was added to the third article that the, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. The word was added at the Third Council of Toledo, that's Toledo, Spain, not Ohio, in 589. Over the centuries then, that addition of one word gradually became commonplace in the Western Church. Now, why did the Western Church feel necessary at the Third Council of Toledo to add that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son? Well, at the time, the Western Church was dealing with a resurgent Arianism, the belief that the Son was subordinate to God the Father according to his essence, meaning that the Son isn't God or isn't fully God. Now, the Nicene Creed confesses that the Son is of the same substance with the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. However, the Arians in Spain and Gaul took the words of the third article, that the Spirit proceeds from the Father, to mean that the Son is not of the same substance. They argue that the Son must be inferior to the Father, since the Spirit doesn't proceed from the Son as he does the Father. And so, the purpose of the filioque was to safeguard the Son's consubstantiality with the Father, that he is of the same essence as God the Father. That's the Western Church. Now, the Eastern Church historically preferred to speak differently. They preferred to speak of the Spirit proceeding from the Father through the Son. So, so God the Father is the principle, the fountainhead of the Godhead. Uh, he's the principle of the Son immediately, but of the Spirit mediately, meaning that uh, he comes through the Son. Uh, in fact, that was their formula, from the Father through the Son. Now, the Lutheran theologian Martin Chemnitz points out that the Latins, they weren't offended by that formula. And in fact, that Jerome and Augustine both say that the Holy Spirit properly and principally proceeds from the Father. And that both explained this by saying that the Son, in being begotten of the Father, receives that from which, that, that which proceeds from the Father, that is the Holy Spirit. But the Father receives none because he has everything in himself. In the West... The idea of the filioque goes as far back as Hilary of Portier, who lived around 315 to 368 AD. Hilary, in his work on the Trinity, often speaks of the Spirit's procession as the East does. He writes at one point that the Spirit proceeds from thee, the Father, and is sent through him, the Son. But earlier in that same work, he wrote, We are bound to confess him proceeding as he does from Father and Son. Now, Hilary influenced Augustine, who taught that in, the, in relation to the Spirit, the Father and the Son are one principle, not two. Augustine wrote, 
it must be admitted that the Father and the Son are a beginning of the Holy Spirit, not two beginnings. But as the Father and the Son are one and one creator and one Lord relatively to the creature, so are they one being relatively to the Holy Spirit. Now, we can hear in Augustine's language something that would influence the Athanasian Creed, which would state that the Son is of the Father alone, the Spirit is of the Father and the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. What does this all mean? This means that the West sees the Father and the Son together as the single source of the Spirit. Uh, and they see this in Scripture when Jesus calls the Spirit uh, the Spirit of your Father in Matthew 10, verse 20. Uh, Paul calls him also the Spirit of Christ in Romans 8, 9, and the Spirit of his Son in Galatians 4, verse 6. Psalm 33, 6 calls the Spirit the breath of the Lord's mouth, while Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians 2, 8, that the Spirit is the breath of the Son's judgment. So the West has always understood this procession from the Father and the Son as a single procession, not a double procession. And the reason for that is the unity of essence between God the Father and God the Son. The Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son because Jesus says in John 16, 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Now the West also understands the Spirit's sending in time uh, during the ministry of Jesus, that that mirrors his procession in eternity. Uh, so Jesus says in uh, John 14, 26, that the Father will send the Helper in Jesus' name. But yet Jesus also sends the Spirit by breathing on the disciples in John 20, 19. Since both send the Spirit in time, the Spirit then proceeds from both as a single source. Now, to the argument that Christ only sends the Holy Spirit, which proceeds from the Father, the Lutheran theologian Johann Gerhard writes, It is correct to say these things about Christ according to his human nature, but insofar as he is the one true God with the Father from eternity, the Holy Spirit proceeds from him no less than the Father, and the Holy Spirit is sent equally by him and the Father because of the unity of essence. Now, the Eastern churches have historically rejected the filioquum on canonical and on theological grounds. The canonical reason for their rejection is that it's often believed that Canon 7 of the Council of Ephesus forbade any additions to the text of the Nicene Creed. However, that's not what the text of that canon states. Uh, the text of that canon states that a creed other than Nicaea's Creed is not to be used, that the new creeds are forbidden. In fact, one Orthodox Archbishop comments, it is materially impossible to base this condemnation on Canon 7 of Ephesus, which did not directly envision some addition, but rather the composition of another formula of faith and further concern the definition of Nicaea. That's the canonical reason for their rejection. The theological reasons, then, are many and manifold. Uh, they include Jesus' words in John 15, 26, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. Uh, the East argues that the Filioqua is unnecessary because the Nicene Creed already confesses uh, that the Son is of the same substance with the Father. The East also argues that the Filioqua subordinates the Spirit to the Father and the Son, and as well, they reject the idea that the sending of the Spirit in time during the ministry of Jesus isn't the same or doesn't imply 
that uh, the Spirit proceeds from both as a single source from eternity. Now, in spite of the Eastern Church's rejection of the Filioque, there were at least two times in the history of the Church when official representatives from the Eastern Church were willing to understand the Filioque uh, as just simply another way of saying the Spirit proceeds from the Father through the Son. The first was at the Council of Leon in 1274. Uh, Emperor Michael VIII Paleologus uh, affirmed the East's willingness to confess the Filioque. The Council's constitution stated, The Holy Spirit proceeds eternally from the Father and the Son, not as, two, not as from two principles, but as from one principle. Not by two spirations, but by one single spiration. So the understanding was that the West wasn't teaching a double procession, as the East assumed, but a single procession, again, because of the unity of essence between the Father and the Son. Now, uh, in a failure of Caesaropapism, uh, the emperor was unable to get his clergy to consent to the agreement, despite the fact that the Patriarch of Constantinople also agreed to that uh, reunion with the West by means of the Council's constitution. Uh, but the emperor, like we said, could not get the empire uh, to accept the decision. The second time then comes from the Council of Basel in 1439. Uh, there, the Eastern Church, again, in the person of its emperor and his theologians, agreed to the Philoioqua again, with one exception, Mark of Ephesus. The agreement was simply, again, that the Latin from the Son and the Greek through the Son were identical in meaning, you know, similar to what they had agreed upon previously at Lyon in 1274. But, once again, despite the will of the emperor and the patriarch, the Eastern Church refused to accept reunion with the Western Church. Now, while many in the Eastern churches uh, will go so far to call the Filioque heresy, there are some who think that the Eastern formula, from the Father through the Son, is really no different than the formula in the West, from the Father and the Son. You know, Maximus the Confessor is one. He lived for a time in North Africa in the 630s, and he wrote a letter to Marin of Cyprus that the Romans quote, produced evidence in agreement with the Latin fathers, and moreover, that of Cyril of Alexandria from his sacred commentary on John's gospel. From this, they demonstrated that they do not make the Son the cause of the Spirit's being, for they know that the Father is the source equally of the Son and the Spirit, but the Father is the source of the Son by generation and of the Spirit by procession. But they explain that the Spirit comes through the Son, in this way, emphasizing the unity and unchangeableness of the divine essence. So far, Maximus. Now, while there are many in the East that think this letter is spurious, and others that simply disagree with it, it appears that Maximus the Confessor saw the formula and the Son as having the same meaning as the East's preferred formula, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father through the Son. Little did you know, probably, that every Sunday when you confess the Nicene Creed and you confess that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, there was so much history wrapped up in that one little phrase. Thanks for the question. We'll catch you next time on ATP. Ask the Pastor.